You are listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break, episode number 21. Welcome, welcome, welcome guys. I've got a good episode for you today. I've talked about money before on the podcast and today I have another follow-up episode because I know you guys love having the hard conversation about money. So I want to have a, uh, hopefully this uh, episode has a couple of good takeaways for you that can help you in the long run. I want to cover things like our mindset, compounding and interest, investing, inflation, discounts and opportunity costs and all those things that we hate talking about and we hate hearing about, but they're very important and I'm going to put them into layman's terms and make it really understandable so you have good takeaways and you have a better understanding on money. I know for a fact that not many people really know what money is or how to make it or how to save it because we simply don't get taught about money unless we take it upon ourselves to educate ourselves or we get a degree in economics or investing or, you know, we ask for help from our accountants or from maybe our parents knew something and they passed it on. But even then, probably not. We spend our times optimizing our lives, including things like how to drive to work the fastest way or how to be more productive on a day-to-day basis or how to curate our Instagram feeds better so we get more followers. But many of us don't optimize our relationship with money. And isn't it mind-blowing that many of us don't know what money is or how to make it or how to save it, but we literally spend most of our lives and most of our time dedicated to try and accumulate money in one way or another. Isn't that just mind-blowing? The thing that we work out every day in our lives, we don't even know anything about it. So if you feel sometimes that you're lost with your income and you have a love and hate relationship with money and maybe you feel like you, you have imposter syndrome and you feel like you don't deserve it or you don't ask the universe enough for it, then this episode is definitely for you. Before we get started though, I want to read out a listener's review because it's so nice to share the love and I really appreciate it when you guys take the time to jump over and leave me a review on the Apple Podcast app. It also just shows me, you know, who's listening and it goes a long way because when I'm recording a podcast episode like I am right now, I'm sitting in my studio right now, Sunday morning for me and it's early in the morning so there's no noise and it can feel lonely and I don't know who this podcast reaches. So this review comes from Claudia. I've followed Jai for a while now on social media and I was thrilled to hear he was launching a podcast. Jai's podcast has become my editing, driving, wine drinking, life background and his words of wisdom plus those of his guests are second to none. It's easy to understand with advice that plays to your common sense, making it seem familiar and therefore providing me the confidence I can turn my business around in a way I am inspired to do so. Shout out to you, Claudia. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast and I'm so glad you're getting so much from it. And thank you for taking the time to leaving me a review. So last thing I want to say before we get started is big shout out to my sponsors, Pepperstorm Media. These guys are my copywriters and it's so good to have them on board as my sponsors because I believe in them. I've been using them for years. They get me so much traffic from my website. They create so much value for me and for my listeners All the show notes are done by Pepperstorm Media. I rank really well on Google from all my websites because of Pepperstorm Media. And to have them sponsor my podcast is, it's really humbling for me because 
The podcast is expensive and it can be hard to run on your own. And to have amazing sponsors that are willing to jump in and help my tribe is awesome. So, if you want to uh, get in touch with uh, Dave and Mel, it's jump over to jialong.co forward slash pepperstorm. And um, I'm going to leave it on the show notes as well. Also, last thing, I've got a downloadable worksheet for this episode, which includes a list of books to read. So, if you're interested, head over to jialong.co forward slash 21 and you can download your free guide. So, let's get into it. So, this podcast is off the cuff. I'm just going to be a little bit more of a conversational thing. I wrote down myself a few questions to ask myself. And so, the first two questions I want to ask is, how do I know about money? I think I should, you know, clear this up just so you guys know. I definitely don't have a degree in economics or anything like this. And everything in this podcast episode, and I should say this, is not financial advice. You don't have to lean on anything that I'm saying here. It's more just of a conversation of money and opening up, I guess, your world and allowing you to have the conversation with the people that you love and the people around you and the people you work with. So, how do I know about money? I grew up in a very, you know, in a household with very low income in a low socioeconomic area and it taught me so much about money, to be honest. Uh, First of all, it taught me what it's like to not have money and that helped me with my fear of losing money because I've never had money to lose and so, I never actually had the fear that we're going to lose anything. I've always had the ambition. I've only got things to gain and I don't have anything to lose. It also helped me use my creative superpowers and brainstorm unconventional ways to make money. So, you you know, you've always watched those movies, um, those American movies, and you see people in the ghetto and, you know, they're selling drugs and they're hustling on the street and they're doing all these things and it's not always legal, but they always are trying to get themselves out of the I guess, the poverty and out of a situation that they're in and and they do it by any means possible to create themselves a better life. And I think coming from an area like that, you have that mindset, like what can I do to get myself to where I want to be? It wasn't until I was about 25 years old and I didn't do much schooling and I was making a lot of money with my job at the time and I was staying, I moved down to Melbourne and I was, and I was living in a, an apartment block with a lot of successful people and I was a lot of wealth and, you know, everyone's driving really nice cars and dressing really nice and, you know, some people were my age and they were making more or a bit less money than I was and I didn't understand that even though I was making a lot of money, I still didn't have any money and I didn't understand why I couldn't afford those things. And I thought maybe I missed out on something that they taught in school. Like that was the connection. But I never want to, you know, lean on an excuse like that. It's not in my personality. So I took it upon myself to learn all about money. And I wanted to learn about economics. I wanted to learn, you know, what money was, how you use it, how to save it, how to invest it, all those things. So I hit the ground running and, you know, I read every book I could. I hired a financial advisor and I'd go in there and pay him and I'd learn different strategies for investing. I would go and talk to my accountant and I would talk about, you know, different ways to set up businesses. And I spent a lot of my money investing in myself and my own education. I think after that year, I spent about $20,000 just on financial advisors and accountants and things like that, just so I could understand money. And two years later, I remember when the penny drops and I was like, it can't be this easy though. Like what, you know, 
if it was this easy, everyone would do it. Like there has to be a secret. But what I didn't realize was there is no secret. The secret is we don't have an education and we don't learn the basics of money. So once you do, it becomes so easy and it becomes, I guess it becomes, what's the word I'm thinking? Common sense almost. But because because you didn't learn it, you think there has to be something secret about it. So that changed everything for me. And I remember that year I was saving a whole lot of money and I went out and I got a million dollar loan and I bought two houses just to prove to myself to see if my theory worked. And I quit my job straight after as well because the way that I set it up was buy these houses that were self-sustainable so I didn't have to work because I didn't want to have a mortgage and be stuck in, in a situation. Like truth be told, I worked out that there was so many different ways you could build wealth or you could purchase an investment property. And even when I, now today when I go to my accountant, I go and I brainstorm with my accountant. He'll tell me one way. I'll tell him a different way. He actually enjoys having conversations with me because I think so differently to him and I don't have the background he has, but I do bring so much value to the table and I'm able to understand everything he's telling me and bring something else as well. So that's my background in money. And since then, obviously, um, that was what like seven years ago, I have been building my wealth and I've been investing in, you know, so many different things and I've been testing out all the theories in person. So it's not like I just went out and I just learned it all and that was it. I have literally been putting my money on the line and been investing and and just testing. Like, how does this work? How does investing in myself look compared to investing in shares? And how does that look compared to investing in houses? And how does that look compared to investing in crypto? And how does that look compared to investing in like gold or something like that? So... Why should we educate ourselves on money? I want you to think about this. Build wealth for your future self. Build wealth for your future self. Think about your future self. The things you do today will change the future for yourself. Everything you do today will change next week and it will change everything for you in a year and in 10 years and 20 years. And we're going to go through that. And every mistake you make now does the same thing too so there's a knock-on effect something you do now will change everything in you know a month's time and in a year's time so it's important to educate yourself so you're making the right decisions right now another reason why you want to educate yourself on money is there's the biggest transfer of wealth in history right now there's more billionaires getting made right now and huge companies falling as things change like Um, fossil fuels going into renewable energies and as baby boomers are transferring their wealth to millennials and there's so many different factors but in the next 10 years you're going to see wealth it's just streaming across it's been unlocked which is mind-blowing and so if you educate yourself then you're able to tap into that you're able to you know create a little bit of wealth for yourself and for your kids and for their kids and change the course of history for your family So, biggest transfer of wealth, I want you to be in there. Money is flowing right now and it's going all around us and it impacts everybody. So, here's the thing about money, right? You are selfish by not making money. We have different mindsets, but this is to start off uh, with a money mindset. You are selfish by not trying to make money 
because we all want to change the world. I see people out there and we're going out and we're protesting. We don't want that government and we want, you know, we're talking about climate change. And we're talking about this and we're talking about that. And we look to the big businesses and say they're not doing enough, they're not donating enough. They're not doing enough for our environment. They're creating too much plastic. They're, you know, they're exploiting wages and minimum wage and they're not paying fairly from males to females and all these things. The single biggest way you can make an impact on the world and change the world is by making money. You make money, it means you're creating jobs. You're creating jobs and opportunities for the people around you that are exactly you when you were trying to come up the ladder as well. You're also creating wealth for your family. Maybe it's for your wife or it's for your husband. You're creating money and income for your mom and for your kids and all the people, your friends. You're creating opportunities. You're inspiring people. So the more that you bring in money, the more that you can do that for the people around you, but also the more that you have power to make decisions of where the money goes. So maybe... In small ways, you can be like, okay, we're manufacturing this, but we're going to do it ethically. Or, you know, for myself, I have wedding albums and things like that. I'm like, okay, I'm no longer going to um, have leather. I want things to be vegan. I want things to be sustainable. You know, I'm so into climate change and animal cruelty and things like that. And I know that if I am putting my money into those things, I'm directly fighting it. I'm stopping the trade by not putting money, not voting my money or the business's money into things that I don't believe in. So that is a huge thing. I think it's very selfish by not making money. So money mindset. There's usually two uh, mindsets around this. And I know a lot of us, we, we're self-sabotaging. We think there's honor in poverty. We're raised a certain way. Thinking money changes you or people that have money, you know, they are evil you know, ask yourself this question. Do you judge people that have money? If you do, that is a scarcity mindset. And scarcity mindset, this is what it looks like. You might think you don't deserve it or you might feel jealous. Other people have it. You don't have it. You might have imposter syndrome. You know, you that's coming back to you not deserving it. You focus on the lack. There's not enough. You feel resentful. You can feel fear. You can feel hard done by and you can feel there's not enough to go around or you will lose it or someone will steal it and you're not worthy. You don't want to ask for money and you don't want to charge for money. When someone comes and, you know, they want to buy your services or something, you lock up and you're like, oh, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know, you know, maybe I should offer a discount and you get insecure. So all those things, you're self-sabotaging yourself from making money. In my mind, that is the most selfish thing, like I said. If you're not making money, then you're doing your clients an injustice because you can't serve them the best possible way. You're doing your family an injustice. You're doing your wife, your husband, your girlfriend, your partner, your kids an injustice because you're not giving them the best possible life. You're doing the planet an injustice because you can't vote with your dollar and make change. So self-sabotaging, it all comes down to a scarcity mindset. So my mindset is very much an abundance mindset. Money to me is literally everywhere. And once you see it, you just, you can't not see it. And it's easy to work out how to make it. But then the problem is obviously is learning what to do with it. Abundance mindset. 
focusing on what you have, focusing on what you want, feel like there's enough to go around. You want to help the people around you to make more of it. You know, because you know there's more and you know what you can do with it. Abundance mindset, you can use the power of attraction. You know, if you have scarcity mindset, you're pushing it away. You're judging. You are not asking the universe for it. But with an abundance mindset, you have the power of attraction and you can ask the universe, okay, this is what I deserve. This is my part of the world and this is the value that my skills have and this is what I'm going to charge. And when I charge this, this is the experience I'm going to create and these are the people I'm going to help and this is the change I'm going to make. Does that make sense? So using the power of attraction, I believe that wholeheartedly. Think about you know, famous rappers and they talk about, maybe they haven't made it yet, but they still talk about their bling watches and their chains and their amazing cars. Because the truth of the matter are, is they're just optimists. They're coming from the ghetto and they're talking about what they want and they visualize it and they make film clips about it and they rap about it and they sing about it. But what they're doing is the power of attraction. They will allow the universe to give you know those opportunities to them and they will grow into it and if you're doing the opposite i don't deserve it you know why do they have it and i don't have it i'm going to lose it someone will steal it i won't invest because i don't trust all those things it's going to hinder your growth did you know optimizing the copy on your website can help allow your traffic to fall in love with your brand get you a much higher conversion rate and get you more traffic from search engines. I've been using Pepperstorm Media for years so I know what good copy can do. If this is one piece of the puzzle your business is lacking, I am giving you $100 off a Pepperstorm copywriting package so you too can have killer copy that converts on your website. Just use the code MAKEYOURBREAK. For all the information, head over to jialong.co forward slash pepstorm. That's jialong.co forward slash pepstorm. Money is everywhere. So this is my mindset, right? If I'm walking down the street, I'm an electrician, I look at the power lines and I think, oh, wow. Geez, each power line's worth $3,000. And then that cable up there is worth this much money. Someone got paid to install that. Then I look at the pavement. I'm like, someone got paid to install this. And then the street lights. And then that car standing, you know, parked next to me. Someone bought that car and they bought it brand new or they bought it secondhand off someone else. And someone else made money from that transaction. And the list just goes on and on and on. If you look around, every single thing you can look at right now, someone made money from that thing and it costs money or it generated income for somebody. And so when you see that, all of a sudden unlocks this thing because you, if you've got an abundance mindset, I look around all day long. If someone says, oh, I've got no money, there's no work, you know, when we're in hard times, even in hard times, there's so much money to be made because all you have to do just look around and see where's the opportunity. How can you do something better than someone else? How can you create something better than someone else or different or more innovative? And even with your services, you know, people say there's too many wedding photographers in my industry. People say this all the time. There's too much competition, too many wedding photographers. And maybe that's the case if you have a scarcity mindset. For me, I know there's 
what is it? I think it's like around 26,000 weddings a year in Australia alone. There is so much to go around. And I just look around and I just go, oh, I just need to be a little bit more innovative or a bit better of my marketing or offer a better service. You know, there's so many gaps. So, when you're seeing the money flow, you can see where you fit in and then how to generate that money. And the other thing with money is you can't be scared to lose it. Like you need to invest because if you don't invest, then you are losing your money. And so, let's go on to investing. So, you've just made some money and what do you do with it? I personally have a rule. I put away 40% of everything I earn and I've done this for a long time. I also don't have any credit cards. I know you can get points of credit cards and flyer miles and everyone tells me the benefits. But truth be told, I don't have credit cards, which is insane for me to say because I have, you know, four businesses and none of them have, I don't have business credit cards. Everything runs on the income that we make and we scale with the income that we make. And there's no backup plan. If I can't pay wages next week, then I can't pay wages next week, which means I have to fight to make sure that I can pay my staff next week. And it puts me into a different mindset. So, with investing, I put that money away and then I can do things with it because this simple one thing, like I said before, to change the course of your life. If I invest something now, make a decision right now, it's going to change my life in one week and it's going to change my life in, you know, in one year. And there's a compounding effect. So, when you invest, there's a compound effect. And before I get started into this, I also want to say it works in the opposite. You make a bad decision today, it compounds into an even worse decision uh, in a year and 10 years and 20 years. So, if you get out a bad loan right now, so if you bought a car today and it's brand new and you walk down and you say, oh, I want the new Mercedes, but I can't afford it, I'm going to get a loan. That decision, it means you have less money every year to you know, invest in something else and every year you're paying interest on that money that you don't yet have and, so that's, and to have that car and then it devalues. So, it compounds down the, the opposite way. So, if you are investing, I want you to I, would, I want to have a little quick example here. So, just say, for instance, you're very conservative and you've got some money in the bank, but you don't want to take the leap to invest in anywhere. So, this is what it looks like. If you have money in a low interest savings account, so say up to 1% return and you deposit $1,200. So, in 10 years time, you're going to have $1,212. And in 25 years time, you're going to have $1,230. And in 40 years time, you'll have $1,249. So, in 40 years, you're going to make $49 from that $1,200. Doesn't sound like a very good return. And the worst thing is inflation in Australia is 1.9%. And in America, for 2020, it's around 2.1%. So, if your bank account's not making 2.1%, or say 2%, then you're losing money. Your money is worth less every year. So, what inflation is, it means the dollar is worth 1.9% less next year than it is this year. So, you need to make at least 2% to break even on your money. So, if you put it in the stock market, a return of 9%. So, I've got $1,200 right now and I'm going to just put it into, you know, I'm I don't know, I don't really need the $1,200, so I'm thinking maybe 
I might as well just put it into an account and just leave it. I'm going to put it into like a nice, easy uh, stock market at a return of around 9%. 10 years later, that $1,200 is going to be worth $1,846. And 25 years later, it's going to be worth 10348 And in 40 years later, it's going to be worth $37,691. So that is the power of compounding because every year... Not only are you making just the interest, you're making interest on the interest. So, for instance, at 10 years, uh, you'll have $18,046. But that year, you're going to get interest on $18,046, not on the initial deposited $1,200. Does that make sense? So, you can see compounding, you're compounding a result from doing one thing, it's one decision, making one change, and then how far does it go out? And how much impact does it have on your life? So $1,200, I mean, if you wanted, if you could have the foresight right now, which investing is all about having foresight. So it's not about, oh, okay, I don't want to put it in the share market because next year it's going to go down. It has to be 10 years. It has to be 20 years because that's how you average it out to 9%. Because right now, this year, I think I put a bunch of money into shares at the, uh, this time last year and it's gone, it's gone up 22%. So I look at that and go, wow, okay, that's a really good return. I've got some amazing returns on that. But the thing is, I'm not going to pull it out because it's just going to keep going there and keep going and keep going. And next year, maybe it will have 1%. And then the year after, maybe we'll have minus 5 And then the year after that, it'll be 15%. And so you're just averaging it out over the time. So you can't stress yourself. We get so caught up on long, sorry, short-term gains. I'm also, you know, heavily invested in crypto. I believe in Bitcoin and I believe in cryptocurrencies. And if you invested in crypto in the last 10 years, it's been, I think, the number one best investment you could ever make. But everyone keeps telling me, oh, it's gone down. You must have lost a lot of money. You must have lost a lot of money on this. You must have lost a lot of money on that. I feel bad that you bought crypto. The thing is, it's like, what? Maybe if I bought it last week, it's gone down this week. But if I bought it a few years ago, then I've got a lot of money because you will see you know, from where I bought it to where it is now to where it will be in 10 years. Do you not believe that in 10 years time, it's going to have more value? So you don't invest in anything if you don't believe it's going to have more value in the future. It's just like if you're going to buy a property. The reason why someone will invest in a property is because they'll look at that property and they'll say in the past, typically properties have gone up in my area around doubled around every 10 years so if i get out a big loan from the bank and i buy that property there's a good chance it probably will double or at least make some money over the next 10 years so i want to talk about opportunity cost opportunity cost is a huge one and i see so many people making big decisions that affects opportunity costs so this is what it looks like you could buy a property right now but what about next door you could buy that one and if you make the wrong decision then there's an opportunity cost because you could have with that same amount of money bought something else. So this is how I see it. When people come to me and say, hey, I want to sign up to your workshop, but it's $1,500. So what I'm going to do instead is buy a lens because I really need a lens. So the opportunity cost there is they didn't really have much money and so that means they're not making much money. So they invested in the lens and what kind of return did that lens get them? 
opposed to getting an education on marketing and how to actually make money. The opportunity cost is huge. Maybe it's $100,000. Maybe if they came to my workshop, they would have made $100,000 in the next 12 months by all the work they could book, but they didn't. They bought the lens, which is going down in value and didn't actually book them any work. So the opportunity cost, what would that be? That would be uh, be $98,500 that they lost from that. Does that make sense? So I remember when I first started out as a wedding photographer, I didn't have any money and, you know, I sold everything to make the dream work. And I had a zoom, like a big zoom lens, like a 200 mil zoom lens. And I had a 14 mil wide angle fisheye lens. And I was shooting weddings with those two lenses and it didn't make sense. It just wasn't the right equipment, but I couldn't afford the equipment. And I remember I couldn't afford it because I wasn't making any money. And so I signed up to a workshop and that was $2,000. And I remember thinking like, should I buy some lenses so I can do my job or should I spend $2,000 so I can have the job? And I definitely put it into that workshop. And I think that workshop, it made me tens of thousands, you know, over the next couple of years. And so the opportunity lost, if I bought the lenses, I wouldn't be where I am today. Does that make sense? I hope I'm making this really easy for you guys to understand and I'm not uh, overcomplicating things. So one of the last things I want to talk about is discounts. So here's a big rule that I follow and it might be a little bit, yeah, I don't know if everybody is going to love it, (laughs) Um, but it is you need to price accordingly to what people are prepared to pay. You always need to exploit how much people are prepared to pay and not any less. So what does that mean? It means is you need to charge exactly what people are prepared to pay. If someone's going to buy an iPhone for $1,000, there's no point of selling the iPhone for $500. If someone's going to pay $5,000 for your wedding photography um, service, there's no point of charging two and a half thousand. Because what happens is you just won't be able to create the experience for your clients and you won't be happy because you're getting underpaid and it's unfair on everybody. So it comes the same as discounts. If if someone walks in and they're happy to pay for your service, if you're a florist and you're charging $3,000 for a wedding and someone walks in and they're happy to pay $3,000, it's on your website, they're all happy about it and they're happy to pay and then when they come... Then they go, oh, okay. So you say, oh, I'm going to give you a discount and, you know, it's your lucky day. It's 20% off. The thing is, they're already happy to pay the $3,000. Why are you giving them a discount? And then maybe they weren't there to get the discount. So now it's like, oh, okay, I feel weird. Am I going to get less of a service? You know, so many other things will come up. And usually the client suffers from you not charging enough. So you need to make sure... When you're charging whatever you're charging, just charge accordingly to what people are prepared to pay. Last thing I want to talk about is income. A lot of people talk about money and say like, oh, I'm not making enough money. Uh, A lot of the times it's not to do with your income, it's to do with how much you spend. So there's scales and everyone has this and every business has it. So personal and business, there's scales. You have income and you have your expenses. So you need to tip your scales so your income is heavier than your out than your outgoing. And a lot of us don't do that. And then we get credit cards and things like that to compensate the expenses, but the income's just not there. So there's different things you can do. You can 
create more income. And that's what we all do. We go, okay, straight into sales mode. We need to sell more. We need to book more. We need to up our prices. We need a pay rise. I'm going to go talk to my boss and get a pay rise. I'm going to go get a second job. So you can do all these things. I want to talk about this. There is no shame, especially if you're a creative entrepreneur and whatever you do, there is no shame on going to get a second job or a side hustle or a full-time job. There is no shame. People come to me sometimes, go, oh, I'm actually also a barista. I'm sorry, but, you know, and, and I'm a wedding photographer. It's like there is no shame in that. You need to do whatever you have to do so then you can change your future self. That's what it's all about. And there is money everywhere. Why would you just leave it? If you've got extra time and you want to do that and you want to change the people around you and you do all the things that I said before, then that's how you do it. So you can create extra income, not only by sales, um, but you can do that. You can up your sales and uh, market and get more work in. You could also do upsells and you can create extra services. You could create a different business that brings in different sales. You could create different deals online. Maybe you could be an affiliate for something. Maybe you make money from a podcast. Maybe you have a blog that's monetized. Maybe you have a separate business like myself that's like a photo booth and DJ. Maybe you do, you know, education on the side. There's so many different things, different ways you can create another revenue stream. And to play it safe, to be honest, the more revenue streams you have, the better it is. Like I've, I've my business... I get paid from so many different things. It's insane. It's just like, oh, okay, so there's money from that and money from that. And every month I go through, make sure that I've got money coming in from everywhere. So if one thing stops and I just don't have enough of something or a market changes or Instagram dies and my website dies and all those things, then I've still got income. So that's one way, changing your say, uh, changing your income. But the other thing is changing your spendings. So you need to work out that the scales are tipped in the right direction. And you do that by saving that extra bit of money. And you can do that in your business as well. There's a book that I want you guys to read if you're interested in this kind of stuff. And it's called Profit First. And Profit First is all about uh, businesses like mine, where you do the same thing as in your personal life. So what I said before, I save 40%. And before I even see my paycheck each week, 40% 40% has already gone into another bank account that doesn't have a key card and I can't see it. And the only way to get that money out is to go to that bank. And I do that so then I have money so I don't have opportunity, <laughs> so I don't lose opportunity costs and I can jump on different investments and different opportunities that come my way. So that's why I've always got a backup amount of money there. So it's not just all about income. I want you to think about your expenses. You know, however much income you make, your expenses will rise to match it. And it does that. So if you make 100,000 a year, I bet you you're spending 100,000 a year. If you make a million dollars a year, I bet you're spending a million dollars a year. You know, maybe we can get a bigger house. Maybe we can get another story on it. Maybe we need two cars. Maybe we need three. And maybe we need to live in a nicer neighborhood. So we grow with how much money we make. And then sometimes it becomes toxic and then we have to work too hard. And the easiest way to make money is to lower your expenses. And so there's different ways you can do that. In your business, you could do, so with Profit First, you could do uh, take out money each each time there's a transaction. So say you took out 10%. So say it looks like this. You get a $1,000 transaction, goes into your bank account. And from there, you take out $100. And I bet you, you can still run your business on $900. And I bet you can still run it on $800. 
it's because you can't actually see the extra money you want to spend in your business and then you start making your business run like that. So what we like to do is we like to, little quotation marks, invest in our business. And what that means is we spend as much money as we make and we invest it into back into our business, which is just a way to justify ourselves saying we're spending all the money that we make back on the business. And we do that a lot of the times with our profits or with money that we don't have. And so how does that look? It looks like if you didn't have enough money to pay wages next week or to pay rent next week, you wouldn't invest in your business this week, would you? But if you had an extra $10,000 surplus, you're thinking, oh, I could buy a new camera or another car or we could expand and do different things. So the thing is, we always spend as much as we make. And so the business, I bet you you've been running your business for you know two years, three years, four years, five years, six years. And for some reason, every year you're not going, oh my God, like where's all that profit gone? I've been working, I've been working and I'm always reinvesting in myself and I'm investing in my business. But there's just no money there. And it's because you're not concentrating on the right thing first. You're concentrating on sales. Then you're concentrating on the expenses. And then whatever's left over is your profit. But by the time you get to that stage, because we're humans and we're sporadic and we're emotional and we're all these things, that model just doesn't work. Because, you know, we impulse buy and we justify things to ourselves like investing in our own businesses. So if you work it around the other way and say like, okay, what about profit first? then sales, and then expenses. So profit first means you need to make the sales, so you're going to work harder on that so you can get the profit, but then you need to make enough money because there's going to be less money in the sales now to go to the expenses. You're either going to make more sales or you're going to lower your expenses. And don't get me wrong, you can invest in your business. I invest in my business all the time and I grow my business and I'm growing it organically. So you can, you can invest in your business but also take profit. Like you can do both of those things and it works out better this way because then you have a business that actually makes money. You have a business. You're not just working for yourself. And there's a big difference in having a business and working for yourself because working for yourself is a job. It's just that you have to be the boss and motivate yourself. So I think that's pretty much all I wanted to cover today. I think this is a really good episode and there's a lot of things. But if you've got any questions on this or... If you really did love this episode and you want to uh, share it with someone, I'd love for you to screenshot it, put it on Instagram or DM me and have a chat and um, even screenshot it and share it with a friend that you know that is just not making much money or they don't understand it or, you know, they need some help or they just want a better understanding, then definitely share the love because having that abundance mindset, it's, it's just like bringing the people up around you, creating opportunities for the people around you. And that's what it's all about. So it can sound like a dirty word talking about money, but I'd literally see it as there's money everywhere. And if I have it, then I can create opportunities for the people around me. I can have a better life for myself. I can have a better life, uh, provide a better life for my family, for the people I love, for my friends. I can create more opportunities. And I can make direct change with the dollars that I vote out in the real world. So I can do all those things. And I do that by generating an income which serves my clients with the best possible service. And it's a win to everybody. If I hinder myself and I hold myself back and I have 
the opposite mindset. If I have a scarcity mindset, then I'm just not able to sell my services, not able to provide the things that my clients love, and then I'm not able to give them a good um, experience because I'm not getting paid enough for it. Then there's going to be tension because I'm not creating a life or you know for myself that I love, and I'm not I'm not providing for my family, and I'm not providing for my friends, I'm not creating opportunities for the people around me. Does it make sense? So it's an absolute game changer when you shift your mindset and you let go of money and you stop trying to hang on to it. You're not trying to save it. You're trying to use it to create opportunities and to build a better world. So thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Jai Long. Hopefully I didn't rant on too much. I hope you get a lot from this episode and I'd love to see you slide into my DMs. Have a bit of a chat. Let me know what you think and I'll see you next time. Make Your Break is brought to you and hosted by Jai Long in our Melbourne studios and produced by our American friends, Simpler Media Productions. For more information on this podcast, our workshops or anything your heart desires, please visit jailong.co.au.